Uh, I think he's done some things that gives him a good head start. Uh, so I would say the fact that he's going to probably move inside quite a bit, uh, I think would be uh, very accurate. Gary mentioned that he liked his, you know, athleticism on the offensive side. So, you know, if we can carve out a role for someone like KJ, that, that would be terrific. What is up, Vikings fans? It is the Minnesota Vikings podcast. This is Chris Corso with Jay Nelson. We are excited as episode 48 is coming to you guys. It's it's kind of a quiet time for the Minnesota Vikings podcast. We've tried to do one a week during this quarantine time, and, and we're going to continue to do that this week. The Vikings coordinators had spoken to the media, and a lot of good nuggets came out of what we heard from Vikings offensive coordinator Gary Kubiak and Marwin Maloof, the special teams coordinator. So with that, I bring in Jay Nelson. This is going to be probably a quicker episode as the the following weeks we're going to have some of the Vikings rookies join the show uh, to keep you busy over the dog days of summer, as they call them, Jay. This is usually a time of year where the players are kind of wrapping up everything they do in the offseason before the break, and then they would uh, you know, get their time off and come back for camp. But with all the craziness that's been going on, this year is definitely different across the board. And uh, so for us, we figured since Kubiak and Marwan Malouf and even the defensive coordinators spoke this week, we figured we'd touch on some of the topics that came out and, and at least get you the updates that we have. Later on in the show, we'll be discussing the ESPN NFC North Team of the Decade that was voted on by all of ESPN's NFC North reporters. A couple of Vikings made made this team, so that'll be fun to discuss later on in the show. But first, we're going to discuss what is going on with the Vikings coordinators and coaches as they have really taken this time uh, this summer. It's been so different, and it's really interesting to hear the way a 25-year coach in Gary Kubiak thinks of the virtual setting with his players. It's definitely been different for him, Jay. Yeah, he he mentioned, you know, they asked him kind of what's something that's happened that, that hasn't necessarily happened in the past, and he just made the comment that, He's a little more comfortable with computers. So for a guy like that, I'm sure it's it's definitely been different where he's more hands-on, one-on-one in the classroom or even on the field teaching that way. It's, it's going to be different now with those guys. And since some of those guys aren't as versed with computers, they've had to get a crash course in making this happen. And it actually sounded like Andre Patterson's son was one of the people that was helping him do that. So uh, it was nice to see both sides of the ball getting in there and helping each other to make it happen. Yeah, the quality control coaches who are normally the younger the youngest coaches on the staff one of them is ac patterson my guy uh in the in the tco performance center he's my guy in the gym i love ac uh he's been really uh helping some of the older coaches with their technology issues and 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 getting them settled on microsoft teams and and all the things that the vikings coaches who have been around forever they are adjusting to technology when it comes to interacting with their players over this time. So a bunch of big national notes came out of the Gary Kubiak interview. And my favorite part of this interview was how he talked about Justin Jefferson. And, and he just had, he talks about him in such a high regard. Like he's a player who's been around for a long time and, and they've never even met in person, but uh, what, what Gary Kubiak knows about Justin Jefferson is that he is very powerful in that slot wide receiver position. 
Yeah, that was definitely the hot button item that came out of it. I saw it hit a bunch of national news wires and even Twitter and some of the other social media was talking about him saying that Justin Jefferson's plan is to be in the slot more than any other position at this point. He did mention in the the press conference when they asked what they liked about him, he said, you know, the fact that they did move him all over the field to try to get him the ball last season since he was a big part of their offense. But I think the honest part of it is everyone looks at a guy like Thielen and thinks that he's definitely somebody who can play outside. I'm sure that Jefferson's not going to be just pigeonholed to the slot spot, but I do think that given his skill set, given what he has shown on paper and on film from his time at LSU, I think somebody like him is definitely going to feel comfortable working into that slot position for the Minnesota Vikings. Something that stuck out in the interview that we did with with Gary Kubiak was he really spoke about the verbiage at LSU, and, and Coach Kubiak knows a lot of the coaches there um, with the Tigers. I think Gary really likes how comfortable this rookie wide receiver is with the Vikings offense, considering, I mean, he's got to learn the playbook on the computer and, and in this virtual setting. And the fact that Gary thinks that most of this verbiage was is very common in the LSU offense is something that really stood out and in our interview with Gary, but but continued to stand out as he addressed the media. And even before that, he had made the comment, even right around draft weekend, saying, what do you like about this kid? And Gary kind of made a comment at that time saying, LSU's verbiage is very similar. And in, in the press conference the other day, he just said, you know, I think it gives him a leg up on making sure that he can step into this offense. And again, Every single team is dealing with this right now, but the hardest part is the fact that you're not getting any hands-on one-on-one time. You know, they, they mentioned guys sending in videos just to try to prove to the coaches, here's some of the techniques they're working on to try to get some critique back. But I think a guy like Jefferson coming from a top-tier offense on a national championship team and having familiarity with some of the verbiage and the concepts and the route running tree, I think there's a reason why this team took him in the first round because they want to start using him as soon as possible. So clearly Coach Kubiak sees uh, Jefferson being in the slot in the primary position. So what does that mean for the other Vikings wide receivers? Now, looking at Adam Thielen, who pretty much has shown over his career he can play in the slot and on the outside. But think about a guy like B.C. Johnson. He can really make his statement on the outside this year, and we saw what he did as a rookie last year. I think his contributions are only going to grow, and I really see him being a contributor on the outside as a wide receiver rather than a slot wide receiver based on what we're hearing about Justin Jefferson. And that's the thing, too, is you had guys like B.C. jump out you know, we've got some other guys coming walking in the door here this year as well as rookies trying to make the squad, whether it's on special teams or on the offense. And so I think all around the board, a guy like Jefferson, if they've they've kind of slotted him to be in that slot position, that's fine. But it also means that everybody's going to be competing for not only playing time, but just for positioning to make sure that they can kind of set up what they need to on that offense and contribute every time that they get on the field. What a lot of people forget is how long the Vikings were without Adam Thielen last year due to that hamstring injury. And yes, it was Stefan Diggs who was a majority of the Vikings' deep ball offense from Kirk to, to Diggs. That was the deep ball connection for most of the season last year. But looking at the Vikings wide receiver group, you have you have Adam Thielen at the top top of the list, obviously. Then it goes to Justin Jefferson, who, I mean, nothing but good things have been said about him. 
B.C. Johnson, the contributions he made as a rookie, I think will only continue. And then you start to go down the list and you look at a free agent acquisition like Tajay Sharp. Um, he'll have some opportunity to step in, whether it's in the slot or on the outside. And then don't forget about Chad Beebe as the third wide receiver um, to start the season last year for the Vikings behind Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs and, and suffered that terrible injury uh, for the Vikings. So don't forget about Chad Beebe. He can he can really be a player who, with him and Jefferson in the slot and B.C. Johnson and Thielen on the outside and, and, and throwing Tajay Sharp in that mix, I mean, you have a solid group of five wide receivers, and we haven't even mentioned K.J. Osborne yet, the draft pick out of Miami who – I, I it seems like Gary Kubiak is a big fan of him as well, and and he's a bigger body type of wide receiver, Jay. Yeah, I mean at this point right now on the roster, it looks like you've got twelve wide receivers on this list, and we all anticipate that there's not going to be twelve wide receivers kept at the end of the year. So I think your your KJ Osborne's, your BC Johnsons, your uh, Chad Beebe's, Tajay Sharp, all of these guys are coming in with the expectation of having to earn it this year. And I think at this point, a guy like Thielen is probably one of the only people that feels comfortable with his roster spot and probably Justin Jefferson being a first round pick. But outside of that, everybody else walking in the door is going to have to prove it and earn it. And uh, competition is great. It just means that the amount of time that they're going to actually have in the building when we finally get back in there, they're going to have to make the most of it every chance that they get. I've seen some Instagrams, Jay, with Adam Thielen, Alexander Madison, Tajay Sharp, CJ Ham. They're all in the same place on a football field. That's good. Working out together. So you got to love that. I mean, we don't get to see all of what's going on like we do in the practice facility, but it is cool to see that they, they took it upon themselves to get together and work out and, and start to really – do some things together on the field. Now, there's two more things I want to get to from the Gary Kubiak media session. And the second one, which isn't even on our list here that I want to bring up, is how highly Gary Kubiak spoke of Irv Smith Jr. He, like, went out of his way when he was asked about Irv Smith and, and how he's come along. It really stuck out to me how, how Kubiak really thinks that Irv is going to have a monster year. He's going to be 22 um, during the preseason. He'll be 22 years old with a full season in the NFL under his belt. There's no limit for, for Irv Smith Jr. I think the thing for Irv is that he came in highly touted. People looked at him and said, we need to get him involved more. And as the season went on, you saw the importance of him on that field, making big time plays, moving the sticks, getting first downs. And I think a guy like Kubiak looks at somebody like him and says, a big bodied, young, athletic tight end, that we can use as another wide receiver in this offense. That just means if you decide to do things like 22 personnel, that you have another essentially dangerous threat down the field and a guy like Irv Smith Jr. So it doesn't surprise me at all that Kubiak's got some big plans for him coming up here for the 2020 season. And we know Irv is another player who seriously can block as a tight end. He can play on the line as as a as a receiving target. He can play in the slot, and he can even play on the outside as a, as a, as a bigger body option as a tight end. I mean, he he personally calls himself a wide receiver in a tight end's body. So uh, I'm very excited to hear what what Irv Smith 
will do in this Vikings offense in the coming season. And and to hear from when Gary Kubiak says something like that and really goes out of his way to to put his uh, his word out for one of his players, you you got to believe it. Um, the last topic and. One thing that Gary Kubiak knows is a star running back, and that is Dalvin Cook for the Minnesota Vikings. And and while we can't comment on what is going on with with Dalvin Cook's contract situation, um, to hear Gary Kubiak uh, support Dalvin and say it's not my job to uh, to manage the contract situation that that's that's general manager Rick Spielman's job and Dalvin's uh, side as well to to, to manage and, and hopefully a deal gets done, but. We know that Gary Kubiak loves himself a good running back, Jay. Yeah, they asked him about if he had any concerns about the league moving away from being running back heavy or whatever, and Gary just said, yeah, I've got a couple of rings and I got some guys that I was thinking about that helped make that happen. And and Gary is very much, he likes using not only a running back, but a running back like Delvin that's not just your traditional running back. If they can find a way to, to solidify this thing moving forward for years to come, it's just going to mean that there's going to be more stability for this offense. However that potentially happens, you know, we're all going to be waiting to see. But I think Gary has the right mindset, which is it's not my job to deal with the contract side. It's my job to make sure that the offense is ready to go. And he's got some big plans for Dalvin, it sounds like, in 2020. And having one of the best running backs like Dalvin Cook, I, I think he's what really makes this offense go when it comes to the play action for Kirk and uh, hopefully supplementing some of these young wide receiver targets that that Kirk will have in the upcoming season. Uh, Let's go from the Vikings offensive coordinator to the special teams coordinator in Marwan Maloof. Um, The first takeaway that that Coach Maloof really touched on was how big of a part of the special teams unit cornerback Chris Boyd is. And that really stuck out to to me. It stuck out to the media because they followed up with like three questions about Chris Boyd. Uh, But obviously Chris Boyd was a later round draft pick for the Vikings in 2019. Seventh round pick out of the University of Texas. And everything that I hear from the Vikings coaches is that Chris Boyd just gets praise. He gets praise from Coach Zimmer. He got praise from the defensive coordinators on his performance later on in the season as a cornerback. But coordinator Marlon Maloof, just pretty much said that he became the leader of the special teams unit, and that is pretty much uh, shown in the fact that he led the team in special teams tackles in 2019-2020. Yeah, Maloof made the comment that when he was showing footage to the to the team and to especially a bunch of the younger guys, was using Chris Boyd as an example to say, you know, here's Chris who came in as a later round pick, but when he got his opportunity, he made it stick, and I think. Not only did his performance on special teams open up the eyes of the coaches on special teams to say, here's our guy, we can trust him and try to use him in different facets in order to put him in position to make a tackle, but it also gave the other coaches on the defense the ability to see him perform and and made them feel like they could trust him to make the right decisions in prime time while he's, he's playing the game. So a guy like Chris Boyd, seventh round pick, a lot of people look at those kind of positions and say they're expendable. Chris Boyd made the most of his opportunity and definitely shined last season on the field. So kudos to him for, for doing that and also earning more playing time in the eyes of the coaches. I want to bring up a, a conversation that I had with uh, Vikings wide receiver Adam Thielen at the end of the season. And, and we were talking after that game against the Chicago Bears at U.S. Bank Stadium. I just remember Chris Boyd had shut down Allen Robinson in the game before, 
and Thielen was cracking up at at his locker talking about how well Chris Boyd played and that the Vikings teammates started to say, oh, wow, this guy, Chris Boyd, can play the, can play the cornerback position because he really got Allen Robinson upset after his performance in that, in that Week 17 game. If you can get in his head and get a guy like that to lose his cool, that just says that you're doing the right things, especially defensively. A guy like Chris Boyd's going to grin ear to ear every chance he gets to make that happen. Moving on to the next big topic from Marwan Malouf, having the continuity between the three specialists in 2020 is going to be a big deal for the Vikings special teams. And uh, you look back to a season like last season when the Vikings weren't sure who their kicker was going to be, you weren't sure who their punter was going to be, and you draft a young long snapper out of out of uh, Air Force in Austin Cutting who was pretty much battling with Kevin McDermott for that long snapper spot. So all the three positions in training camp last year were in competition, and now this year you have Dan Bailey as the kicker. He's not going anywhere. You have Britton Colquitt as the punter who joined the Vikings just a week before the season started last season. And you have Austin Cutting with a full year of experience behind his belt of doing some doing the long snapping. So um, you have three players who performed very well last year, and, and it's good to have all three back, Jay. I think the thing about it is that the number one champion of this and being happy is probably Mike Zimmer. You know, he's always the one that, that seems to – be as frustrated as possible when this kind of stuff doesn't work out. If you have those three guys walking back in the door together, another year of experience, another year understanding the quirks that each one has, another year of being able to work with a guy like Marwan Malouf, who last year it seemed like all four of them together were on the same page and that things seemed to gel and get better and better as the year went on. I think all of those guys are going to be relieved to know it's the same crew with the same group with the same consistency Kudos to everybody for getting the contracts done and kudos to those guys for for wanting to come back again for another season and trying to make this thing stick. Yeah, you forget that the Vikings signed both Dan Bailey and Britton Colquitt. Um, definitely a positive to have that unit together. Uh, the, the time is limited when they'll be on the field and practicing together, so definitely something to monitor um, and good to have the same guys back from last year. Uh, the last topic that out of nowhere, Marwan Malouf just says that Justin Jefferson is an option at punt and kick returner, which, I mean, when I heard that, I was just very excited. Uh, the, the main thing he said is that he's in play as a punt returner option. I just think of like a guy like Antonio Brown uh, returning punts for the, for the Steelers when, when most teams would not put um, their wide receiver in that position, their their star wide receiver, who we we expect Justin Jefferson to be. But man, I like playmakers having the chance to get the ball as many times as possible. And a punt return, I think, is a good spot for Justin Jefferson uh, to make some big time plays for the Vikings this season. If you're a coach, you want to take top tier talent and put him in as many positions as possible to score, right? So we were spoiled for many, many years with Marcus Sherrill's in the punt return position. He was sure-handed. He was explosive. He could make it work. And he would house a kick every, you know, couple games at times. It felt like there was a, there was a streak where all of a sudden he'd get the ball and you were guaranteed at least double-digit return every single time. And I'm hoping that a guy like Justin, hoping like a guy like KJ Osborne are able to step into this role and embrace it and actually enjoy it 
in order to get some playing time and to be a difference maker on this team. Well, K.J. Osborne, you touched on him out of the University of Miami. I I spoke to him, a a big-bodied wide receiver, as we said. Maybe, I don't know, bring back some some thoughts of Cordero Patterson returning kicks. Uh, He is definitely going to be one of the leading candidates to be the kick returner for the Vikings. He has that downhill um, running quick ability and knack for 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 just breaking tackles and and you saw that in what he did with the Miami Hurricanes um, explosiveness vision anticipation uh, definitely an exciting player to watch on special teams for the for the Vikings on both sides of the ball and you can't forget that Mike Hughes is coming back this is going to be a very very big year for Mike Hughes um, coming back from from the injuries that he had um, previous to last season the injuries he had last season. Um, I mean, he's the the leading cornerback for the Vikings right now, pretty much, and he's gonna he's gonna probably have some some punt returning uh, capabilities for the Vikings as he did pretty well in 2019. So, I, I, a lot of young explosive options. I know we loved Marcus Sherrill's for all those years, and, and he'll he'll go down as probably one of the best. Um, punt returners in Vikings history, but it's exciting to have some young players have the ability to take the, these big big spots on the Vikings special teams unit. Yeah, I think across the board when we get these young, talented, explosive players in, they always eyeball them as where can we put them on special teams. Sometimes they use them as gunners, but a lot of times, especially if they're sure-handed and they can trust them to field the ball properly, Punt returning is not easy. Kick returning is a little bit easier than punt returning. But the fact that you have guys in your face as you're trying to field this ball that's you know got spin and rotation and everything else on it, I think as much as they can take young talent like this and put them in those kind of positions, it just helps assure them a roster spot for this team. And like we said before, if you can take a young playmaker and get the ball in their hands, who knows what's going to happen. And... I think guys like KJ Osborne, Justin Jefferson, Mike Hughes, heck, even Adam Thielen in the past, those were the roles that they put these top-tier playmakers in to see if they could make something happen. And I think we'll be doing the same thing moving forward this season. The next topic, and and thanks thanks, thanks to you, Jay, for, for pulling this off of ESPN.com. But as we said earlier in the show, the ESPN NFC North reporters all voted for the NFC North team of the decade as the decade came to a close here. And and the, we, we know at Vikings.com we did the all-decade team of the best Vikings um, filling out each position group. So that was a fun thing to do this offseason. But looking at the, the division as a whole, it's it's very exciting to see some of these old Vikings on the list and, and starting out with, obviously, the top running back in the 2010s decade is obviously Adrian Peterson. So uh, that was pretty pretty obvious and, and definitely cool to, to see that he got recognized. I was able to, to be a part of his 2015 season when he won the rushing title and led the Vikings to the playoffs. And, man, I was just so excited that I got to see him play live for a full season. Yeah, Adrian was fun. He, he was – drafted right after I got hired so for me it was fun to watch the evolution of his career and to to have some of those absolutely dominant seasons including his rookie one where he was ripping off 200 yard games and hit the the single game rushing record at 296 
it was fun to watch him. And I think for all of those reporters, they they had made kind of a note just saying this was a no brainer as to who was the most explosive and, and the most dominant player in the division at that position, especially was Adrian Peterson. So kudos to him for everything he accomplished. It was fun to be able to watch him not only as a fan, but also as an employee of the team. And um, it, it, it's nice to see him get those kind of recognitions. And I'm sure again, moving forward, this will not be the last of his career. There's probably somebody already starting to make a little bit of a, a little bit of a drawing and a little bit of a sculpture for a bus that's going to go up in a certain place in Ohio. It, it was a lot of fun to be a part of it. I'm going up and down this list and, and it's, it's a little upsetting to not have a Vikings wide receiver on the list. Jordy Nelson, Calvin Johnson and Devontae Adams um, were the winners of that. Devontae Adams is, is I mean, yes, I, 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 I might have to agree with that to, to see a Packer there, but um, he, he didn't start his career until 2015. So um, we'd have to compare the numbers between an Adam Thielen and a Stefan Diggs uh, with Devontae Adams. But going, going through the offense, obviously the quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, who's been there from 2005 till present. Uh, and oh, there's, there, there are two Vikings um, that were a part of the offensive group and, and tight end Kyle Rudolph. How about Kyle Rudolph being the top tight end of the decade in the NFC North? That's the thing, I think, for him, too. It's not only the production on the field, the character off the field, just the longevity that he's had at this point. It, it, he Think about all of the big plays that he's made over the years and especially that he's made against this division. So I think a guy like like Kyle is is it's the longevity the fact that he started in 2011 he's still playing today he basically played the entire decade and some of those other top tier tight ends that were within this division left and went to other teams Kyle's been the staple Kyle's a guy that the entire division recognizes as one of the top in the league let alone the top in the division so kudos to him for making the the, the roster here rounding out the offense for the Vikings center John Sullivan who was there from 2008 to 2014 with the Vikings. Uh, he was a big part of the Vikings offensive line and, and obviously a staple with the, with the organization and, and later went on to the, to the Rams and, and, and was a part of a Super Bowl run there where, where they lost to the New England Patriots. So um, good to see Sully on the list. Uh, looking at some of these offensive linemen, a lot of Packers. I don't like seeing that. Brian Balaga, Dave, David Bakhtiari, Josh Sitton. Uh, who played with the Packers and the Bears? So um, that that does it for the, for the offensive line. And and man, we we get the special teams. I, I like it. And, and Cordero Patterson, obviously, we mentioned him earlier on in the show. But the stuff that he did as a, as a kick returner and a punt returner, um, and now being a part of the Bears in 2019, uh, he's pretty much a, a lock at the at the returner position. Think about Cordero just in general and the amount of noise he made as a Viking. Then he went to the Patriots. Now he's back with the Bears. And and still at this age, even being what he'll be his uh, eighth season in the league, Cordero Patterson is still making big-time plays, and he's doing it on special teams. So if we can find anyone remotely close to as good as what Cordero is, it's a huge boon for us. So hopefully some of those younger guys walking in the door will be able to step into those kind of shoes and make a difference like Cordero has. So kudos to him for being able to be named the top kick returner, punt returner in the decade. Going to the defensive side of the ball, man, I see a lot of Hall of Famers on this list. Julius Peppers played with the Bears and the Packers. 
Ndamukong Sue, who was a big part of the Detroit Lions from 2010 to 2014. And Linval Joseph makes the list as the other uh, defensive tackle on the all-decade team. So that that's really cool to see. Uh, obviously, he was a big part of, of what the Vikings did uh, defensively and, and a big part of what Mike Zimmer does. Um, with his double A gap blitz, so so cool to see him get kudos there. And then the other defensive end is a, is a former Viking and Jared Allen, who, I mean, when he was at the top of his game, there there was no better pass rusher in this decade in the NFC North. Yeah, he was absolutely dominant. And the fact that it wasn't just the Vikings, but also with the Bears, it was kind of interesting to look at this list when you saw Julius Peppers was on the Bears from 2010 to 13, and then Jared Allen switched and went over to the Bears in 14 and 15, and then Peppers had at that point gone to the Packers. So a guy like Jared Allen, he started in 08 with the Vikings, but basically 2010 through 2015 on two different teams, and he was a force on both of them. So like you said, there's a lot of guys on this list here that were not only pro bowlers, but that are potentially Canton Hall of Famers. So it's cool to see Jared Allen get the recognition again here, even with him being out of the out of the league here for the last five seasons. Going from the defensive line to the linebacker crew, Clay Matthews, Lance Briggs and Chad Greenway makes the cut for the linebacker position with the Vikings from 2007 to 2016. Obviously, a, a, a captain for the Vikings, a leader for the Vikings, made a lot of big plays in these NFC North games. That might help him out a little bit, uh, but obviously a fan favorite for the Vikings fans here in Minnesota. So so cool to see Chad Greenway make this list. Yeah, if you look at the three linebackers that are listed here between Clay Matthews, Lance Briggs, and Chad Greenway, all of them had very, very long and distinguished careers with the NFC North, and they were leaders on all of their defenses. And a guy like Chad, I think he tends to, he'll like getting the kudos and the accolades when he can. Uh, and for somebody like him to see his name pop up on this list, it's got to be a great feeling. So it just proves he did it the right way and that everybody in the division recognized a guy like Chad Greenway and the hard work he put in when he was a Viking. So again, kudos to a guy like Chad for for being recognized here on this list. Cornerbacks, I don't see a Xavier Rhodes on, on, the, on the cornerback list, which is a little shocking to me. Charles Tillman with the Bears from 2003 to 2014. I agree with that one. He was probably the top cornerback of the decade in the NFC North. But Darius Slay with the Lions from 2013 to 2019 makes the cut over Xavier Rhodes, who, who's been there for the entire decade. So so that's definitely shocking. But um, we know the Vikings wide receivers have a lot of respect for Darius Slay and the things that he did uh, for the Lions. Obviously, safety Harrison Smith makes the cut from 2012 till present. I mean, it's been a pleasure to watch Harrison uh, be one of the leaders of this defense, return interceptions, blitz the quarterback, make tackles in the open field. I mean, there there's not much more that you can say about Harrison Smith other than he's probably been the best safety of the decade in the entire NFL. Uh, so for him to make this list, is, is it's not much of an accolade for him at this point. I think for Harrison Smith, he tends to, especially media-wise, be a little bit more quiet, but he is a gigantic part of this defense. And like you said, he's very versatile in where he can play, the amount of plays he makes. He's basically a general sitting back there in the secondary. And the fact that he can play anywhere from the secondary up to the line and making safety blitzes, that means that two things are happening. One, 
uh, head coach and the defensive coordinators have all the confidence in the world that one, he's going to be able to execute and make a play, but two, that the other players on that defense are going to be able to cover in those situations to let him do what he needs to do. So having a guy like Harrison Smith, having a guy like Anthony Harris in that backfield and having that tandem work together, it's awesome to see. So kudos to Harrison Smith for making this list at one of the top safeties in the NFC North, but like you said, in the entire NFL. Uh, definitely a fun discussion topic for the, for this uh, dog days of summer episode of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. So uh, we're excited. We're, we're, we're definitely excited that hopefully we get some sort of um, acknowledgement of when training camp is going to happen here pretty soon. You, you Vikings fans, you know the schedule. It's, it's out there. You know when the preseason starts. You know when the regular season games are. Uh, we don't know if fans are going to be in the building or not at U.S. Bank Stadium when games are played. Hopefully the, the NFL will have some more information on that. Um, but we'll wrap up here. Do you have any final thoughts, uh, Jay, as, as, as we wrap up? I think the biggest thing with all of this, like you said, there's a little bit of uncertainty going on here. And I think everybody in, in society, let alone the NFL, is trying to read the tea leaves and how everything's going to go. So I think the more that the, the league's going to be able to give us some sort of direction and provide us with some guidance here moving forward, it's it's going to be a big deal. And I, I assume that's going to happen here in the next, it's got to be in the next couple of weeks or so, just purely because the time's getting shorter and shorter towards us getting closer to where training camp is supposed to happen. So I'm sure that all the social media, all of the, the, the media sites are going to be talking about it when it does come out. But I assume moving forward here that the league will be helping us out. And it, when that happens, it'll be nice just to see everything fall, fall into place. And, and hopefully we'll be back to football here really, really soon. That's all we can hope for and, and definitely can help help the country return to some sort of normalcy as well and, and, and help us get away uh, a little bit on, on Sundays when the season is going on and we can get back to some entertainment. So um, a few programming notes before we go. The Vikings Rookie Mini Chat Series, which is on all of our Vikings platforms, hosted by our by our newest employee, Gabe Henderson. He's been doing an awesome job with those. Um, former Boise State teammates, Alexander Madison, who's obviously not a rookie, but uh, he was able to reconnect with, with his uh, former college teammate, Ezra Cleveland, the Vikings' second-round draft pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. It was a really cool segment. They they talk about some funny memories and, and really know a lot about each other. So so check that out. And the other one that, that was done by Gabe this week is from Big Ten Rivals, Josh Metellus, um, safety out of the University of Michigan, who, who the Vikings are very excited about on special teams, um, and walk-on at Michigan State, Kenny Willekes, who is just a monster in the gym. Um, he was another one of the Vikings' later-round draft picks uh, who Andre Patterson is very excited about. So those two guys went at it as rivals in college, and they're able to have some fun uh, with Gabe on Vikings.com. So check that out as well. Um, as we said earlier, uh, we covered the special teams coordinator and offensive coordinator press conferences on this episode. On next week's episode, we'll, we'll cover the co-defensive coordinators um, and their press conferences, and Andre Patterson and Adam Zimmer. You can check those out on all of the Vikings platforms um, as that happened on Thursday afternoon. Uh, we're getting closer to, to the scheduled lead-up to the 2020 preseason. Teams are given more and more leeway to start working out. 
uh, and and hopefully the Vikings TCO Performance Center will, will be the home of the Vikings uh, players pretty soon here as we're excited to get the season going. But um, until then, we'll, we'll let the medical professionals uh, make those decisions and, and we'll just keep getting excited for the upcoming season. So um, for all of us here at the Vikings Entertainment Network, for producer Jay Nelson, uh, we'll see you next time and, and stay safe out there, guys.